This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, cut the music. Cut the music. We got to do this proper. <clears throat> you ready, Motsy? Do, re, hold on, I ain't in tune. Um, um, um. All right, I'm good now. Do, 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 do. It's our buddy Brian Macko, Mr. Big Stuff of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, on the line with us. What's up, buddy? How we doing? You guys are getting pretty good at that. You know, energy. We've been practicing. You know, we had a couple rehearsals. Because they say practice yeah. makes perfect. So so we're feeling <laughs> yeah, really good absolutely. about our situation right now. <laughs> right, we're going to be down at Heinz Hall in no time. We might know a guy I think who, Mo, who could let us in. It was all about vocal exercises. <laughs> That's what pulled it all together. Well, he used to spend all those hours in the gym. Now he's spending them all in the studio, you know, getting <laughs> getting on key and getting those vocals right. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is range. <laughs> Mr. Becko, we don't want to waste any of your precious time. We know you got a practice to get to, so let's get right into it here. Chase Claypool, the toe injury. Calm, concerned, worried, panicked. Where are you at? Cool. Uh, I'll have a better feel after this one because, I mean, yesterday wasn't even a real practice. I mean, they are required to put out an injury report, but all they did was a, a walkthrough, and Chase didn't uh, participate really in in that. Um, you know, he's he's been dealing with some stuff. I give him credit, guys. He's been he's been toughing it out. He pretty much admitted that he was going to have to do that as soon as Juju went down. And you know, he said that uh, you know him and Deontay Johnson they're they're going to have to log as many snaps as they can. Um, and right now he's he's going through it. We we know he was managing the hamstring. If you ever watch him uh, on the sideline at the games. He's always kind of testing it out, running, you know, jogging, running some sprints in between possessions. Uh, we'll see if this is one that finally knocks him out again, uh, like he was for one game earlier this year. Uh, those toes, you know, they don't sound like much. They, they they don't sound as scary as a groin or or a hammy or a quad, but they can be tricky. No, they're definitely significant, especially for a guy like Chase, who is a, a speed guy. I mean, he's a big, fast guy, man, athletic. So, yeah, you definitely need that big toe or any yeah, of your so toes. I'm worried. I, I think I'll classify myself as worried. Now, with this being the case, though, where it could be something that lingers on, do you think that it would make sense to either bump up someone from practice squad, an Anthony Miller type, or to potentially go out to the market and try to find somebody as well to just add a little bit more depth to that room now? I don't think they need to go out and add anybody, but yeah, I would like to see uh, whether it's Anthony Miller, you know, Steven Sims is a guy with some proven NFL production, but he's more of a Ray Ray McLeod type. I think Miller, you know, there's a reason he was a second rounder. He's, he's pretty polished as a route runner and, mm-hmm. uh, and things of that nature. So uh, you wouldn't mind seeing him get a shot. Uh, I think Cody White though would be the, the first man up if, if Claypool has to miss. I mean, yeah, obviously everybody, moves up the depth chart James Washington would would become your de facto number two but Cody White's the the guy who's a bigger body like Claypool is and uh we, we saw some good things out of him in camp and in preseason as you guys know uh he's, he's not a bad player I mean yes he was undrafted out of Michigan State but he was pretty productive while he was up there so uh, I'm not looking outside the organization just yet if I'm them but 
Uh, it, it will be a situation where guys are going to have to step up or else this receiving core is going to go from still okay to very thin really quickly. And sticking with that, right, in terms of, of stepping up and, and what they could do to cover some of the, the absences, the injuries at the wide receiver position, you expect to see more um, multiple tight end sets. Mr. Backo, Eric Ebron, it looks like, is, is going to be returning on Sunday after a couple weeks off. You know, he's got to get back for the revenge game against Detroit. Uh, we've all seen Pat Fryermuth. Wow, uh, really his role expand these last couple weeks, and the production has been there as well, too. Do you expect that maybe if they don't have their full plethora of weapons at wide receiver, that we could see some more involvement from the tight ends? Is that something you think is realistic? Yeah, especially because this is a week where you're you're up against a defense that has really been struggling this year, and even more so against the run than the pass. Part of that is you know, just the, the Lions aren't very experienced up front, but also you know other teams you know they they get a pretty big advantage on them and. They can take the air out of the ball, and I think that should be the the game plan for the Steelers too. Here, for the most part, um, you know, don't don't put Ben in, in harm's way more than you have to in a game that you should be able to win pretty handily. Um, you know, get Najee Harris going on the ground, and actually get some guys behind Najee Harris going on the ground. Uh, this, this is a week where you know you you shouldn't have to pull out all the stops to beat a winless 0-8 team. So uh, if that means more Gentry, more even Derek Watt, uh, we're going to hear from him today after practice. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of keep it keep it vanilla a little bit. Keep it a little bit conservative. Get out of stadium, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. Uh, and, and maybe this would actually be, uh, all things considered, a decent week to, uh, to not have a Chase Claypool in the lineup. Now, speaking of, you know, being able to run the ball and obviously – going down the depth chart with some of the different running backs behind Najee, we know that movement up front is going to be important. But um, I wanted to know from you, man, what are you hearing in terms of Zach Banner's potential return? Do you think this is the week where we see something where he's at least active this week, or is it going to still be the status quo right now? I'd like to see him active, but, I mean, as we saw last week, you you get crunched a little bit with the numbers when you feel like you, you've got all these special teams contributors, you know, we were well aware that guys like Marcus Allen, Ulysses Gilbert, even for the most part, Henry Mondu, Justin Lane, they're, they're not seeing the field uh, on defense, but they, they are valuable contributors on special teams. And uh, when that's kind of what your setup is personnel-wise, then you, you've got to sit down a guy like an Anthony McFarland last week or uh, as has been the case since he was activated, you know, Zach Banner. You're, you're, most teams aren't going to take 9-0 linemen into their game day roster unless they have injury questions. And, you know, the Steelers didn't do that last week. Uh, they, they dressed B.J. Finney, who we know is a little bit more versatile. Same with Joe Haig. Really, everybody on the line has a little bit more versatility than, than Banner does. So uh, I'd like to see him get out there. I mean, they, they haven't really done a whole lot of that tackle eligible. You don't need to when you've got, uh, you know, three tight ends and, and a pretty good fullback. But, uh, it'd just be nice to see him get a chance to, to get his legs under him, get his feet wet a little. And, you know, if all goes according to plan and you're maybe up comfortably mm. in this one against the Lions, uh, then then perhaps you even get him some, some reps to tackle. Mr. Backo, is it fair to ask the offense for more chunk plays at this point? Uh, we all know that the offense was obviously a work in progress, took some time to come together, and there's still 
obviously not a finished product, but you're attacking more over the middle with Pat Fryermuth now. You've obviously gotten better performances out of your offensive line. Not Still not great, but better. And, and Najee Harris has, has really, I think, started to command some respect around the league, and that's opened up a little bit more for Ben Roethlisberger. We've seen some of that with Deontay Johnson, but is it still fair to, that this offense, maybe the the one additional ingredient that they could add that could really open things up, take them to another level is, is completing more of those downfield passes, more chunk plays. Yeah, for sure. And, and I thought they were maybe going to, uh, you know, bust it open in, in that way early on Monday night when Claypool goes down the field, uh, right sideline on yeah. Kindle Vildor and catches that 26 yarder. I'm like, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be a chase Claypool night here on, on Monday night football. And, and he is better at home than he is on the road for whatever reason, and yet it, it never really materialized. I mean, even the 42-yard toss to James Washington, you kind of have to put an asterisk by that one. It was uh, kind of a lucky play a little bit. As Ben told us yesterday morning, he, he's got his hand hit, and you know, good on James Washington to come back to the ball. You, you hope that that can be something that sparks him as well. Um, it's easy to forget, you know, James Washington was a big play guy at times, even a couple years ago when Ben wasn't in there, you know, Duck Hodges was, was hooking him up with a couple of long games. So you, you saw kind of the juxtaposition quarterback wise between what Ben is consistently capable of doing or, or willing to do at this point in his career versus some of the, the gunslinging that Justin Fields was doing downfield. I'm not saying that all of a sudden Ben's right arm is going to be uh, 18 years younger again, but uh, they, they've got to find, you know, whether it's Matt Canada or whether it's him taking more shots, um, they got to find a way to, to scheme up some, some chunk plays. We saw the jet sweeps working uh, effectively in that second half, and, you know, you always feel like if you keep the, the defense off guard and you pick your spots with those, uh, that, that you can rip off a big gain at any time. All right, so before you had called, <laughs> Wes had me all excited over here. He was telling me about this Steelers defense euphoria. He was like, yo, Devin Bush, Joe Schober, <laughs> lighting it up. He was I had like, a vision. He was like, man, Tua's back, man. It's just getting crazy Tua out here. Tua comes back. Everybody's healthy. And like, Bush and Schobert just play a little bit better. That's my vision. So so it, it made me get excited, as you can imagine, me being the defensive guy that I am. So I have to ask, are we hearing anything new on the Tua front? No. No, not hearing, not seeing anything new. Uh, to this, you know, this week, uh, Keith Butler wasn't asked about him. I, I can't remember. I don't know if Tomlin was either on Tuesday. I, it, it's just, you know, we all gave him the, the week off from Tuit talk, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, there's really no, no change there. It, it'd be great to have him back for this defense, especially with, you know, I think maybe the depth is cratering on them a little bit in these second halves when they struggle. Uh, not getting the same kind of pressure or, or rush that they're getting in the first half. Having another big productive body would help with that on the D line, but uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, a long way to go still this season. Not even technically at the halfway point, but uh, but right now, no news on on to it. And I guess at this point, uh, that's that's not necessarily good news. Well, thanks a lot, Wes, for making me have to ask this question to receive the news that I knew I was going to hear just to make me sad again. I really appreciate you today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll cheer you, I'll cheer you up here, though, before uh, before we let Mr. Backo when, go. What did Wes think I was going to say? I saw Stefan running the trail outside of uh, UPMC Rooney Sports <laughs> Complex this morning or something. He, he was biking. He, he, was, he, was, doing, biking, he was doing one-on-ones <laughs> with Kevin Dotson in full pads he, out he there. Was, <laughs> he was riding his road bike. He had his little uh, fighting 
Irish logo on his helmet, man. Safety first with a little vest, like a, with the reflection on it, man. Same training camp, Wes. Even if I did see that, I wouldn't be uh, permitted to say. That's right. You'd be sitting at the dining hall with me talking about it over a nice slice of pizza from the Steelers chefs. Mr. Bacco, before we let you go, it is our buddy Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our good friend of the show, our good friend in real life as well, too. Uh, last week, Motsi. Backo, the only one holding the W. We all picked the Steelers to win. But remember, like real men, we do this ATS against the spread. Moats and I both had. You gotta be careful with them, them letters. Listen, you just I am like, enunciated very clearly. Whoa, Lord. I made sure that my <laughs> jargon didn't get in the way of that one. Don't you put that on me. Okay. Moats and I both picked the Steelers to win and cover. Backo picked the Steelers to win, but the Bears to cover. Backo holding the lone W. Uh, from Monday night. So tell us, oh, wise one, how does Sunday play out against the Detroit Lions? What you got for us? Pretty similar answer from me on this one. I think think the Steelers will win it. It'll be somewhat comfortable. Um, But I'm going to go with the the Lions just barely covering. So I'll say Steelers 29, Lions 21. Maybe it's a backdoor cover. I I think it'll be a comfortable enough win, but still not a blowout. Double whammy on the bet. I like it. Mr. Backo going with 29-21, a uh, cover by the chinny-chin-chin of the Detroit Lions. Brian, buddy, great stuff as always. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. The Batman. (laughs) All right, talk to you guys. There he he is, Mr. Backo. Great stuff. Make sure you're showing him love. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade, and you should already know that that man does not do cap, Arthur Motes. This is factuals. Factuals. Only the factuals. Backo, 29 to 21. Whoo! Tell you what. That, I didn't think that they were going to score that much on us. I, I was just going to say, can we have a real conversation for a second? Like, what are you trying to say about our defense right now? Because I watched this. If I watched Detroit scores offense, 21 bro. points on this defense. Seriously, man, we're going to lose our I mind, I don't care bro. If, we lose, if we win 50 to 21, I'm going to come in here on Monday a little yes, honked dude. off. Like, what? A little honked <laughs> off. 20, we can win 55 to not, 21, not, and not, I still not, come not in 14, here a little, little honked off on 17, because 14 or 17 is like, okay, you might have scored, so you're going to kick some sure, field goals. Maybe, you know, 17, yeah. all right, maybe you get a garbage time touchdown right, but, but, when the bro, game's out of hand. You ain't scoring three tutties, bro. No. That, no reason for this team to score more than 17 points. That boy said three of the tutties. Three touchdowns? Is he thinking they're getting a special teams touchdown or something again? It it, it sounds like it's going to be Ty going to the fourth. That's what it sounds like, and we got to hit something at the end to win it. Oh, no. I don't want to do that. Well, it's not. I mean, that is what we do. We play better that way, actually. Some might say. Yeah. Lions, nine-point dogs. Backo has them just covering 29-21. to Steelers, of course, you already know the drill. Tomorrow, Moats and I will give you our predictions along with all of our other Friday shenanigans. We'll sing some songs. We'll talk big matchups. All that good stuff. Uh, but we got to continue with our advanced scouting today. Finishing up our three things Thursday. Mozi Steelers, two more don't likes. Bang, bang. What you got? <sighs> Second thing that I do not like currently about the Pittsburgh Steelers are, unfortunately, my inside linebackers. Ah, I knew this was coming. I mean... Because when we talk about them, we have we had extremely high expectations for both of those guys. And we thought, man, when you add a guy like Joe Schobert to this situation with Devin Bush year three, we were expecting to see a lot more productivity, even more splash between mm-hmm. the two of those guys. And honestly, this season, it hasn't been that. I mean, 
realistic when we're talking about it for Devin is to the point now where he gets taken off the field in certain situations for Robert Spillane. I don't think any of us would have thought that would be the case this season. And it's unfortunate, but it's where we are right now. So for me, that has to improve. Devin Bush has to play better. Joe Schobert has to play better. And those guys have to start to create more splash. We know Joe, he forced the fumble. But we need more. Yeah. We need more. Absolutely. We need more tackle for losses. We don't get a lot of that. And the thing is, when I think of our inside linebackers and I compare them to comparable groups, I think about the Bears group. Roquan Smith, Alec uh, Ogletree. Alec, good player, not great. Roquan Smith, high pedigree guy, right? But he's not the most elite of the elite. But you think about how they impact the game in certain ways, the tackle for losses, the tip passes, things like that, their ability to rush the passer. To me, I just feel like we're not – getting enough of that consistently enough. They've done it at times in terms of Devin and Joe, but they haven't done it consistently enough to where we feel like they're with to to where we feel they are capable of because we definitely feel like they're capable of some serious productivity on the inside. I mean we wouldn't be talking about them like this if that wasn't the case. I don't talk about the D line in terms of guys not named Cam Hayward like this. I'm Correct. not gonna put those expectations on Chris Wormley. I'm not putting those expectations on Isaiah Loudermilk or Henry Mondo because I don't have the expectation that they're able to do that consistently enough. But Devin is. Joe is. Joe has done it before. Devin has flashed it. So it's like it's in there. We've seen it, but we need it more consistently now. And especially at this part of the season where you're at the halfway point. Hundred percent agree. 100% agree, Arthur Motes. That is a big X factor, I think, for the second half of this steel, uh, season for this Pittsburgh Steelers defense and certainly for the team as a whole. I'm going to go same charge, different pew for number two for me. I'm going to go depth at outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I've been encouraged by what we've seen from Taco Charlton. Ten snaps against the Browns, 16 snap defensive snaps. Ten against Cleveland, uh, 16 against the Bears. He's been serviceable. He's looked good in those roles, but I still worry – what if, what if, or maybe I should say because it's the National Football League, what when TJ or Alex Highsmith pick up a knock, even if it's something minor that just limits them for the second half of a game or like something like that. Like a toe? Like a rhymes with loin? Huh. A brewing. Got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about the depth of outside linebacker. Love TJ Watt. Really like Alex Highsmith. But behind that, I'm concerned. And... It's an extra game this season. You look at the schedule, too. A lot of these teams that the Steelers are about to play, Baltimore twice, Tennessee, Minnesota, teams that like to run the football, play physical, you're going to need your soldiers, man. And I just I think they might be one or two short at outside linebacker. That's number two for me. Yeah, that is an unfortunate scenario, but I can definitely understand it. All right. Third and final, Motsi. Third thing, man. I hate to do it, but we're at the halfway point. And it's been too inconsistent. The punt situation. Ooh, Mozi digging into the special teams today. I love it. Yeah, man. For me, the expectations with Presley were high, and rightfully so because of his pedigree and because of what we saw in the preseason. But it has been inconsistent, and one of the bigger reasons why we even drafted him was because everybody was upset with the inconsistency with Jordan Berry. But to me... I'm still feeling like this is more inconsistency. Agreed. And that's one of the things that it's like, man, we made the right move because of the situation, the circumstances. But 
it's only the right move if you play up to your full potential. Agreed. And right now, Presley has been like a rookie, inconsistent. But like you said, at this point of the season, man, that goes out the window. You got to start stepping it up because it's going to start costing too much. I mean, we can point to a shanked punt costing this team points. Oh, probably more, definitely more than once this season. So when you're talking about that, there is a direct correlation. I mean, we we would always say this, man, in terms of the punt team, man, you're kind of, you're the first line of defense. You know what I mean? Because once you punt that ball out there, you got to make sure you get a stop and set the defense up in a good situation. You can't go out there and set them boys up at, at midfield, you know? Like, that's not good business. You're putting the defense in a bind there. But as a whole, the punt team has to be better. 100% agree. That's the minutia that makes the difference a lot of times when you are a team like the Steelers. A good team, but not a not an elite team, right? When you were kind of in that next wave where you can beat anybody, but, you know, you, you might not have the same amount of Jimmys and Joes as some other teams. Mm-hmm. You've got to be buttoned up in those areas. You've got to win in the minutia. You've got to win in the margins if if you want to ultimately get where we know this fan base wants to go, if that if that's still the goal, right? Win the division, win playoff games, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. When you're a team like the Steelers, who isn't the most just pure, flat-out talented team in the NFL on paper, you know, like they maybe were five years ago, um, you, you've got to win in the margins. You've got to win in the minutia. Good in terms of Chris Boswell in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot to be desired in terms of Presley Harvin the third in that department as well, though, certainly. But once again, he's capable. and He is. I'm only bringing up players in position groups that I feel are capable of improving. And we're not we're not we're not crushing them, yeah. we're not burying them, we're not trying to, to no, cut them or get them off the roster right were, now. If, if we didn't think they were capable of it, trust me, I would not bring them up. It's the same <laughs> thing we said about some of the offensive linemen and some of yeah. those guys too. You are now halfway through your rookie season. It's time to start showing improvement. It's time for it all to start coming together. Yeah, and don't just sh- like show it because I can pull up clips of each and every person I've talked about and show highlights, high, like really good plays by them. Some of the things that we've talked about, like, man, improve upon this. They've done it. So I don't say it and ask sure. of it if I haven't seen them do it because it's I mean, you might not be element. capable of it. But once you show me that you're capable of it, now just do it every time. Yep. We've seen Presley boom some punts. We've seen Presley drop some punts right within the five-yard line. We've seen that. We've seen this O-line get movement up front. We've seen this O-line protect seven. We've seen it. We've seen Devin Bush use his speed, but then at the same time shuffle, stay inside out, and make a play. We've seen it. Yes, we have. We just want to see more of it, more consistency. Agreed. It's not too much to ask for. I don't think so. It's also the holiday season. Come on, man. All about to ask for things. You better believe it. Last uh, Steelers dislike, and I touched on this a little bit yesterday, it's the lack of momentum-seizing moments. It's the lack of killer instinct, I think, both on offense and on defense, when it feels like the Steelers have an opportunity to put games away, when it feels like, man, a three and out here would really change the course of this, or a touchdown drive here would really change the course of this game. They're not able to put their foot on that throttle. They're not able to seize that momentum. I think they lack a little killer instinct, and that is another one of those that can be a huge difference maker when you are a team like the Steelers. Yep. Good, maybe even very good, but maybe not great. This is a way you've got to be opportunistic. You've got to seize momentum in those moments. You've got to have that killer instinct. We haven't seen that enough yet from this team through the first half of the year. I know I, I touched on that a little bit yesterday. We talked about that a little bit more yesterday, so I don't need to regurgitate all those same things and all the same examples that we gave. Um, and even some of the frustration when it feels like at the times where they have done those things, like in Green Bay, blocking the kick right before halftime. Yeah. Uh, 
the ref show had to get in the way as well, too. But regardless, because you guys know Wesley Euler does not blame the referees, they can swing games, but so can momentum-seizing moments. So can some of those big plays on big drives or big defensive stops in crucial situations. Got to have a little more killer instinct, um, and that is something that the Steelers have lacked so far this season. Motsi, we got about four minutes here before we go to break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Start to get into the Lions a little bit. Finish yeah. that up on the other side. Sound good to you? Sounds like a great idea. You want to start with likes like we did with the Steelers, or you want to start with dislikes? Why not? I'm keep in it, a happy mood today. Keep it, uh, you know, keep it uniform across the board. Yeah. You, who's going first, me or you? you uh, can I go first on these ones since you well, went first? It's your day. Steelers? All right, cool. You know? Mostly, it's not my day. It's your day. First thing that I, it's I, like I, your I, this was a little difficult, all right, for Detroit. Uh, uh, well, winless team. But – I, like, they fight, man. And mm-hmm. I know that that sounds cliched, and yeah. it sounds like I'm talking about an eighth-grade basketball team that, you know, is stunk it up. But this team does not – their body posture mm-hmm. is not that of a team that's, you know, had their heart Listen. broken a few times and has lost yeah. every single game. They have bought in to what they are doing with this new coaching staff. They are in most of their games. Mm-hmm. They've gotten their heart broken, like, really badly, like three or four times. They fight. They don't roll over and die. They know that they're probably the worst team in the NFL. They know that they might only win one or two games this season, but they don't take it on the chin lightly. They fight. They scrap. They don't roll over and play dead, and I like that. It's a good start. They got to get a lot of other things moving in the right direction, but that at least is a baseline of they are all bought in. They The effort is there, and I think that speaks well to the new coaching staff. Yeah, for me, man, I like Penesul. Uh, I think Ooh. as a left tackle, he plays extremely well. Now, potential for him to move back to right tackle with uh, Decker coming back this week. I know he practiced uh, yesterday as well as a full participant. Um, but as a whole, I think that he's playing well as a rookie, man. Uh, I think that he is one of their really bright spots on that offensive line. The offensive line is not really good, you know, just based on the situation that they've had out there. But to me, man, I just like his athleticism, his physicality, and his toughness as well, man. Yeah, I agree. All right, one more before we go to break here. I oh, absolutely man, agree. Man. I'll have some on Penny Sewell here as we roll along. But let me say, uh, second thing, TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't get the publicity maybe of his fellow uh, draftee, uh, both first-rounders, both from Iowa, uh, Noah Fant, because they just – I mean, let's face it. They have had some issues on offense this year. And last year, they just weren't an offense that really used tight ends a ton. But it started to come around for TJ Hawkinson a little bit. They've had some significant injuries on offense, which I think has played into like, hey, we got to get our playmakers the ball. I like TJ Hawkinson. I do. I, I, If I was a Lions fan, I would be screaming to get this guy more involved. I think he's one of the better, young, more talented tight ends in the NFL you know I'm going to use it when it benefits me. His PFF grades back it up, too. Uh, he's like the second highest rated lion out there by PFF. Uh, I like TJ Hawkinson. I think with the right offense around him, he could be dynamite. Do I get to go again or are we going to break? You good. Okay, cool. I was just checking. Well, so- All right, quick, hurry up. 17 seconds. Well, I was actually going to go TJ Hawkinson as well, man. Ooh, um, I like it. Yeah, really good route runner, physical. Mm-hmm. You see him take some shots, but he stays getting up. Um, Consistency with his hands. I mean, he checks every box. Uh, for us, I hope we utilize Pat in the same way. 
I mean, you watch them on yes. tape. Yes. He is the focal point. There's some point. similarities yes. there between the two. Absolutely, but he's their focal point. He's the guy that is option number one for them in the passing game. Then after that, they go into DeAndre Swift. But I would like to see us utilize Pat in a similar standpoint because they are very – very alike in terms of what they're capable of from an athletic ability standpoint and just the size and stuff that they have as well, man. But, yeah, you hit it on the head, man, with TJ. I like him a lot. I do, too. Not as much as I like our TJ, but I like him. Yeah, it's true. All right, Motsi, now we got to go to break. You sure? Sorry, I had to check my phone there. I, I, I was a little I was a little distracted. I had the, you know, the wifey text messages. I did a quick double check. It's three-week-old like at home. It'd be like that. We're good. We're good. Normally, I leave my phone like off in Timbuktu while we're doing the show because I don't want to be distracted. But that is that's changed over the last couple weeks. Welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> Going to take our last break here. When we come back on the other side, we'll give our final thoughts on the Lions scouting report here with Three Things Thursday. We'll get to your tweets as we always do in the final segment. But to start us out, when we come back, Motsi, we got a new we got a new beat. We got a new song to play. Yeah, this is true, man. Our buddy Ken sent us a little uh, little intro, little beat this morning. We'll drop that on the other side as well. Oh, we love you guys out there in the power grid, in the megawatt community. So everything on the table in the final segment, you know where to get at us if you want to get involved. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.